Anastasia. In the Crossroads book, I wrote about these prophecies which are coming true today and which existed among different peoples of the world. The Sumerians, the Mayans, divination of the birdman, the Celts, divination of the will of times, the ancient Persians, and so on. By the way, the Persians in Zoroastrianism too, like you've said, preserved a lot of information about the afterlife, the resurrection, the collective judgment day, Frashajurt, as meaning making the world perfect. According to the beliefs of the Zoroastrians, three Sashians must come into the earthly world. Sashian is an Avestan word, a participle of the future tense of the verb to save. The first two Sashians will have to restore the teachings of Ahura Mazda at the end of times, and then the last Sashian will come for the final battle with bearers of evil and execute the terrible judgment. There is also information that by the end of times, when the circle of millennial evolutions is exhausted, when Asha triumphs, the truth, justice, and good, heaven and earth can finally set in, where people will live happily, the earth will become like a valley, there will be one language, one law for all people, and that every righteous person brings this event of the world's transformation closer with his thoughts and deeds. From today's perspective, all these predictions do not seem to be legends at all. Rigdon. Yes, everything depends on people themselves, on their choice. It is just that today, most people do not understand all the importance of these processes, the importance of personal spiritual transformation, which not only can open the path to eternity for a human, but will also invariably entail transformation of the world around him. Predictions about the Judgment Day have existed for a long time. Priests, while creating this or that religion, also included them in their concepts. But they used this knowledge for their material purposes, emphasizing the fact that if you believe solely in their religion, you will save yourself after your death, having risen from the dead in a bodily resurrection on Judgment Day. Well, what have these material substitutions from the human mind led to? To the fact that today some simply laugh at it, others think irresponsibly that this will happen later and after my death at death. And when will that one, the only day of judgment, happen anyway? Still others are killing one another for their faith, fanatically and with animal instinct, thinking that they will be rewarded there for it. While the majority of believers were simply forced to behave passively, with the idea imposed upon them that they needed to be in the herd of only this religion and no other, and everything will be decided for them with a battle somewhere over there in heaven between angels and demons. All these are tricks of the animal mind and distortions from the priests who crave for earthly power. Actually, in the other, spiritual world, there is no division between the material and the spiritual natures. There is only the spiritual there. Division and struggle exist in the human himself because a part of the spiritual world, the soul, is placed in the material body. Angels and demons with which priests frighten people, coming up with different guises for them, all this is in fact the person's choice of this or that will, the will from the spiritual world 
or the will from the animal mind, which he accepts and which he then considers to be his own. With this choice, a person determines his further lot in the decisive inner battle. All the same processes are also projected onto the society. At that, it is much easier to win against the animal nature in society as a whole than for each person to conquer it inside himself. The judgment day for humankind is not one day, but the sum grand total at which humanity has arrived, all of the society, from its first day until the last one. This is the judgment of the living over the living, which people personally carry out over themselves in the time of global cataclysms and changes on earth that are related to cosmic phenomena. Anastasia. Yes, if society had the spiritual vector of development today, and if at the head it had the idea of universal unity on the basis of friendship and mutual help among the nations, then indeed, taking into account the current technical capabilities, it would have a chance to survive this period. But with such a discord which we have right now, and because politicians and priests stir up animosity among the nations, it is unlikely that the society will have a future. But everything is actually in people's hands. You once mentioned that in the life of a real human, there is always a place for a heroic deed. As people say, the soul is a measure for everything. Rigdon, that is right. Unfortunately, the modern world leaves much to be desired. Although, everything flows, everything changes. As practice shows, ideas of a global nature are implemented only when they're based on common aspirations and actions of the majority of people, on consolidation of efforts in common interests of different groups, so people themselves can still change the situation where there is a will. Anastasia. So what do people lack for such a spiritual feat of arms for the sake of the future of the entire humanity? Perhaps the society lacks primordial knowledge, which in fact once united all the people in their main spiritual aspirations. Rigdon, I have already said, but still I will outline in general terms a summation of what has been said previously. Given the existence of signs, symbols, and certain spiritual grains in different cultures, anyone can make a conclusion that the knowledge as such has existed at all times. Moreover, it still exists now, and if a person truly desires for the spiritual, he can find it. But the thing is that modern man, with his material worldview, is a product of the present-day society, and currently the society, unfortunately, has a consumerist format of thinking, where more often people become victims of the animal mind, conductors of its will, slaves on its galleys. After all, while in the state of domination of the animal nature, even in the spiritual knowledge, a person will see yet another opportunity for material gain, for satisfaction of his significance, and other qualities of the animal nature. This means there will be numerous substitutions and an absence of real spiritual growth, even given availability of knowledge as such. We will not even go deeper into history. Let us consider a simple example with your books, which in fact is typical for the situation in general. No sooner had they come out than besides the people seeking knowledge, 
there immediately appeared those ones who started to use the knowledge from these books to raise their personal image and strengthen their authority, to hype their concepts from the material thinking, to satisfy their megalomania and their significance. Some of them, using this knowledge as cover, started to call themselves teachers or servitors, thus trying to earn, if not money for this information, then at least some personal authority. The knowledge, however, is given in the book exactly for the purpose of being disseminated among people in its pure form, without intermediaries who pontificate from their mind and distort the essence of the knowledge out of ignorance or lack of understanding. One can certainly feel sorry for these people, for it is the spiritual nature that encourages them to share the information received with people but their thinking, encoded with foundations and postulates of prior experience, gained in different religions and sects, redirects this desire and power emanating from the soul into the already drawn in their consciousness material direction. So they create an entire bacchanalia, they try to teach others and prescribe how they should meditate while being selfish by nature without understanding themselves. They believe that they are allowed to make changes to the meditation techniques to combine, distort, and modify them based on their previous experience gained in different shady institutions of occult and religious character. In general, they try to teach others from their human mind, but things remain unchanged. Precise tools are given in the books, but these people, because of their ignorance, try to spoil them. But as it is known, one cannot build a good thing with a bad tool. Besides, this is happening now, during your life, before your very eyes. And what will happen in a hundred years, not to mention millennia, if, of course, this civilization will have this time? Anastasia Yes, that's true. Unfortunately, such people are many. But still, there are many more of those people who have been inspired by the depth of this knowledge who try to change themselves, become human beings, who selflessly distribute this information. There are people who practice meditations from the books without distinguishing themselves from among their friends with whom they are walking the spiritual path, even if they have a little more experience in these practices than their mates. Such people do not shout right and left, but their spiritual toil, first of all on themselves, can be seen by their deeds and actions. Rigdon, it is good that such people exist. It is for them that the primordial knowledge is given. Spiritual tools must be used for self-development and for the pursuit of the Supreme. So the knowledge does exist in the society, and what is missing is just switching the dominant from the perspective of the animal nature to the spiritual nature. What is lacking is the firm choice each day and independent work on oneself. After all, unless a person himself wants to change, just for himself personally and not for boasting to people, and gets practical experience of work on himself and of control over his thoughts and desires, he will get tangled in a multitude of distorted theories and practices which have been mutilated beyond recognition like in a sticky cobweb. When a person comes in contact with true spiritual knowledge, he discovers its simplicity, depth, and naturalness for himself. 
But as it is known, theory is dead without practice. It is not enough to just know about something. One also needs to be able to apply this knowledge in practice. Spiritual work on oneself is multifaceted in every day. It involves not only work with spiritual tools, but also developing purity of thoughts, deeds, and actions that are worthy of the title of a human being. In absence of such all-encompassing work on oneself, even if the person has received knowledge, after some time he will question himself, so now I received some knowledge, I've been doing some practices, but what has changed? That is, having this knowledge will only disturb him with other questions from the mind. But why? Because when a person does not work hard on his own spiritual transformation, he is filled with secret hope that this knowledge will help him change or improve his material life. Anastasia In other words, such a person expects quick visible changes for himself in the material world. Rigdon Perfectly true. But what can change in that narrow range of the three-dimensional world that he sees and perceives with his five material senses. A brick falling on his foot, for example, will cause the same pain. Heat and cold will bring discomfort to the body in the same way. The person will still feel the need for food and sleep, and his animal nature will terrorize him in the same way with thousands of desires and an appetite for all the pleasures of the material world. A person, while under the influence of the animal nature, subconsciously expects some material changes in his life, acquisition of magical power which will give him satisfaction in something, or secret influence over somebody, and so on. Anastasia In other words, the person views spiritual knowledge, with help of which he can spiritually rise above the material world, from the perspective of a resident, observer, of three-dimensional space, and material thinking in the format of this dimension is limited as a rule by secret unfulfilled desires from the animal nature. Well, that's right. What else can the animal nature whisper to him? You haven't acquired secret power over others with this knowledge, and a material nimbus hasn't begun to shine above your head before the crowd. Where is the promised elevation? Rigdon a certain lack of understanding of spiritual processes is undoubtedly present in a person at the first stages of his work on himself. On the outside, yes, nothing changes, the body with its problems continues to age. At first, the person does not notice that thanks to the primordial knowledge, he gets that other, the eternal, that which is much more important than all the three-dimensional, material, and mortal. The knowledge gives him a foundation for flourishing in him of spiritual power and wisdom. Knowing about his animal nature, in certain situations, the person will already restrain its manifestations, stop himself, ignore a bad thought, thus changing his future, which would inevitably happen if he had actually allowed a thought from the animal nature to develop into a situation that is negative for his spiritual nature. While working on himself every day, he will help someone both with the word and will show an example to others with his good deed, will share spiritual knowledge with the others. And thus a person, more and more often, 
will make his conscious choice each day that is here and now, and from such here and nows his whole life is woven. So such doubts are typical only for the one who is at the beginning of his process of spiritual development. But the one who already stands firmly on the spiritual path changes himself radically, becoming aware more deeply of the meaning of his fleeing life. Each day, such people hurry to do many good deeds for people and for the soul, both planned and completely accidental increasing their personality's chance for spiritual salvation. So while in firm position of the spiritual observer, as well as having primordial knowledge and working on himself, a person gets practical keys to self-perfection and finds grains of the truth, even if they're hidden in an elevator full of chaff. Anastasia Given the development of information technology, Today, people have time and opportunity to analyze the mistakes and experience of the past of the human civilization. Moreover, modern people have an opportunity to partially monitor the situation in the world on different aspects of life of the global society, thanks to, for instance, internet technologies. Many facts of the life and activity of politicians and priests become public more often. This naturally entails an appropriate reaction on the part of society. People no longer trust the authorities. Many people have begun to realize who's cooking the soup of events for nations, colluding with the priestly and political clans, chefs in the kitchen of the world politics, economy, and most importantly, ideology. Many people have become aware who orders and who executes but a conviction has been imposed upon people that this situation in society cannot be changed, that it has been so since the beginning of time, although in fact, people, nations themselves, are the ones who execute and participate in all these processes, as well as consume the political or religious product. And so many people understand the absurdity of this situation, They understand that it is impossible to live like this anymore. But they do not understand what needs to be done so that life in society truly becomes better, not on paper, but in deed. How to change the channel of society's movement so that it enters the path of stimulating true cultural, moral, and spiritual development in a person rather than continue to be stuck in the hopeless quagmire of the animal nature with its consumerist format of thinking, words, and discords. Rigdon. Yes, unfortunately, the sentiment about hopelessness and inevitability of these processes has long been formed in the modern society, but in fact, there is a way out, and it is very simple. People need as much as possible to assess information, everyday life, and its events from the perspective of the observer from the spiritual nature then they will better understand how to live and what to do. This is similar to the example of work on the purity of your consciousness. When the thought from the animal nature comes, ignore it. Do not give it attention. It is better if you pay more attention to the good, to thoughts, deeds, and actions from the spiritual nature. It is the same in society. Simply ignore all the bad things and multiply around you all the good, creating, and kind things. 
One must not be passive in the affairs of society. You yourself should not create conditions for the flourishing of stimuli that activate the animal nature in people. For example, cultivation of pridefulness, of that same bribery, of monetary-driven, selfish relationships instead of friendship, and so on. When most people stop supporting and putting into life the will of priests and politicians who stimulate aggression and qualities of the animal nature in peoples, then many artificially created problems will disappear from society. It is just that one needs to understand that we are all humans and are all made from the same thing. None of us is higher or lower. We're all sitting in a barrel of material dirt. That is, we are confined in this material world, in this mortal body, with its eternal problems and inexhaustible desires. And at some point, everyone will have to answer for the lived life. Priests and politicians are also people who are on equal footing with everyone else. They're no different from others except for the exorbitant thirst for earthly power and passion for the accumulation of wealth. Anastasia. That's right. Judging by the history of development of the human civilization, priests, just like politicians, were at all times dependent on the support of people, so they did everything to increase their authority among people using all sorts of methods, mainly those based on fears. But in fact, if the majority of people stopped supporting this or that religion, it faded away. Rigdon You have rightly pointed out that it is just another religion that faded as a certain behavior pattern for the public consciousness, but not people's faith in God. It is just that priests used this faith at all times, and based on it, they created new mindsets favorable for their regime for the purpose of enslaving public consciousness. Anastasia At the time, after one memorable for me conversation with you, I thoroughly researched the issue of motivation and justification at various times by priests of the importance of this or that religion for the consciousness of peoples, and I found a number of interesting facts. In almost all beliefs, the emphasis was placed on the ritual of offering sacrifice to this or that god which constituted the main act in a religious ceremony. Today, for example, in addition to traditional ceremonies, this is a commonplace donation of money for religious purposes. I remember the words you said back then. Do people at least remember what sacrifice to God is? After all, almost all the religious systems at different times were built around the ritual of sacrifice. Why, since ancient times, has sacrifice played such an important role in the worship services of different peoples? What you said later was a real insight for me. Could you also tell the readers about this significant for humanity moment? Rigdon, well, it is worth it. I shall start, perhaps, with an ancient Slavic interpretation of the word жертва, meaning sacrifice, which, although it may sound amusing, captures the essence. I had once explained that the word жертва, which appeared in the Russian language in the 11th century in connection with spread of the Christian religion, is derived from the verbal formation, an ancient Slavic word, žru, I'm making a sacrifice, and the word žru, in its turn, 
was earlier used among the Slavs in the meaning of to gorge. The ancient Slavonic verb shreit is of the Indo-European origin, that is, to devour. By the way, devouring was connected with the ancient Russian word zhivot, belly, stomach, which in ancient times meant life. It is from it that the ancient Slavic word zhivotnaya, meaning animal, is derived, which literally means that which lives. By the way, the word zhivotnaya became widespread in the Kievan Rus, specifically in the 11th-12th centuries, thanks to secret renewal of the primordial spiritual teaching, including about the four essences, by Agapet of Pichersk. Anastasia So that means that the old Slavic heathen temples, especially those onto which special signs and symbols were drawn, were not sacrificial altars as such. Perhaps in some cases, these were publicly known places where for centuries people came to study spiritual knowledge using signs and symbols, and to share their experience, like for instance ancient people gathered in their sacred caves studying petroglyphs. Rigdon It will be easy for people to trace it, having had the basic spiritual knowledge. So they later used the word shru, I devour, to indicate the word priest. If one traces the etymology of the related words, one can find that earlier it stood for one who boasts, reminds of himself, extols. Hence the origin among the people of the word priest, meaning as one would say now, the real consumer of gifts brought to a conditional deity. By the way, in the old days in Rus, there was such a word as jartsavat, which also meant to gorge, to devour. It is derived from the word jarts, meaning a bribe-taker, oppressor, robber, offender. So people precisely described who is who in this world. If you search the meaning of the word victim, in Russian it is shartva, you can find that it means that which is being devoured, destroyed, and that which perishes. It is that which is given away or that which one loses permanently. This is self-sacrifice, renunciation of benefits and pleasures. In the religious beliefs of many nations, sacrifice is a propitiatory or gratifying offering to all sorts of deities, mainly from fruits of the earth or from the kingdom of animals. It is a cleansing from filth and attainment of spiritual purity. Let us take, for example, the Bible, which mentions sons of the progenitors making a sacrifice to God. Cain made a sacrifice from fruits of the earth and Abel sacrificed from his flocks. In modern world religions, sacrifice is regarded as a symbol of offering something that is dear and pleasing to you out of your abundance. But if we delve into the spiritual origins of these symbolic rituals and beliefs, we can understand what true sacrifice to God is, which implies the relationship between God and a person. The real sacrifice to God is when a person sacrifices his animal nature at the altar of his life. That is, he renounces his numerous desires, thoughts, fleeting and temporary illusions, thus opening for himself a spiritual path to true eternity, to the world of God. A long time ago, at the dawn of mankind, this was explained to people that the qualities of the animal nature 
are like fruits of the earth, which at first seduce the eye, but then quickly rot. It is only by sacrificing these transient things to God that you have the opportunity to pass into His eternity, that is, by working on yourself and refusing temptations of the animal nature. And if you develop spiritually, do good, and help to awaken other people who live by their instincts like animals, then for God, this is akin to your joy that you feel as a result of a good brood of your herds. It is no coincidence that the place for sacrifice or communication of a believer with gods, which nowadays people call the altar, from the Latin altaria and from altus meaning high, originally in ancient times was indicated simply as a sign or a symbol, mainly in the form of a square, circle, oval, cylinder, or a cube, rhombus. All these inscriptions served as clear symbols of spiritual practices which a person was performing in an altered state of consciousness, and while in that state, he was communicating directly with God at a deep level of feelings. And such a moment of communion with God through feelings is possible only when the personality is fully immersed in this process and is dominated solely by the spiritual nature. By making such a choice in favor of the spiritual world, a person thereby consciously sacrifices the customary for the material world domination of animal nature in his consciousness. Later, when people started losing the spiritual knowledge, material altars of similar symbolic forms began to be erected out of clay, wood, or metals. This could be a flat, round, or an oval stone, a square table, a cube, and so on. They began to set them on elevations in temples to orient them to a certain part of the world and make material sacrifices. Anastasia. Indeed, a very serious substitution took place in the religious systems. Richten. And it lies not only in the substitution of the spiritual worldview with the material one, it is like losing the light inside yourself, which makes things visible to your eyes. The substitution occurred at the very root of the global understanding by human of the essence of his life and the surrounding world, the aims and objectives of the temporary stay in this world. The main spiritual component, the principal spiritual guideline, has been lost, service to God and continuous connection with Him. That is why the will of the animal mind seizes the human consciousness very easily. As a result, they take the illusion of this world to be the essence. Even those who hold spiritual knowledge of generations in their hands are chasing after the ashes of this world, the material gain and banal power over their flock. Because of their pridefulness, priests consider themselves to be the owners of this universal human spiritual knowledge and have built a lucrative business on it in which people become their slaves and permanent sponsors. In other words, they exist by the formula invented by priests, give money and serve us. An important point was lost, gratis service to God and to people, which implies dissemination of primordial spiritual knowledge, thus enabling the personality to fuse with the soul and for the human being to independently attain spiritual liberation. Anastasia. 
Yes, the animal mind has truly enslaved the modern people. As the ancients would say, a human, instead of the free bird which aspires for spiritual heights, has become like a bird's feather which the wind carries all over the world at its whim. People noticed a long time ago that boundless increase in material profit and power does not imply improvement of morality. Rigdon. Quite true. So then, the ritual of sacrifice has existed since ancient times. Besides, note that it was typical of different forms of the development of religion, tribal, ethnic, state, and global ones. In the format of religion, it was mainly treated as a magic act, a ritual of making a sacrifice, offering gifts to supernatural powers, spirits, or gods with the aim of expressing their devotion to these forces and achieving, thanks to them, so to speak, a certain influence on the state of matter, people, and natural phenomena in a way that is supernatural for the human being. At that, a variety of types of sacrifices was used. For example, burning incense of aromatic herbs as cleansing from filth or asking spirits and gods for something earthly, hanging colorful pieces of cloth for the propitiation of elements in the places of power and of dwelling of shamanic spirits in mountain passes and near holy springs. Anastasia Yes, sacrifices of the products of gathering in agriculture are also known for the purpose of a better harvest the following year, a better hunt, or a better catch next time. Cattle were also sacrificed for an increase in offspring or as a request for something related to the affairs of a community or a person in this world. Rigdon. Correct. That is, there were all kinds of different sacrifices in the system of various religious beliefs, ranging from harmless smoking of aromatic herbs to sacrifice of virginity, temple homosexuality, bloody sacrifices of parts of a human body, and the very human lives. And in most cases, all this was done by priests to acquire certain power in the material world, in other words, for earthly purposes. Anastasia The most interesting thing is that this happened not only in ancient times, but is also being done now, both in religions and in close secret occult societies, for example, among the archons. And this, despite the fact that the world community has long condemned human sacrifice and similar savagery of the priests of the distant past. I'm sure that for the readers, just like for me in my time, it will be very interesting to know why such sacrifices have been made throughout the history of mankind and why this phenomenon is quite alive in the human society. Why has so much attention been given and is still being given to this in religious institutions? What is the source of such a substitution of the spiritual knowledge for zealous service to the matter of this world?